hey everybody and welcome back you're listening to the wilderness tamer podcast this is episode number 31 chasing a dream my guest this week is andy Gaines. he is a local boy from south georgia who also hunts abroad for whitetail he was pointed out to me that i should have on by another friend of mine rayberg for a bird dog fee man i'll give you an ice cold coors banquet next time we're in deer camp together so thanks for the shout out and pointing them out to me. It was a real fun episode and I hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I do. But before I let y'all go, quick shout out to the sponsors. First off is Dry Pocket Apparel. They are the future of swimwear. They come with an integrated dry bag as a pocket with a self-sealing magnetic strip that is certified to go 100 feet down and it will keep your phone dry as a bone. So go check them out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and as well as drypocketapparel.com. Now, to save you some money, use promo code all caps wilderness to get you 25% off your order. My other sponsor is Nomad Outdoors. They have great clothing and camo options to keep you out all day taming your wilderness. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and as well as nomadoutdoors.com. So thanks again to Mr. Andy for coming on. Looks like a start of a new friendship, especially since he's a local boy. Would have had him come in person if I would have known that. So now I know. So y'all go enjoy the episode and have a good, safe rest of y'all's deer season. Just by the way, we got a lot of big bucks coming into the processor at Airport Meat Processing. If you want your deer done right, bring them there and we'll get you fixed up. So thanks again. Y'all have a good day. Well, hey everybody and welcome to episode 31. My guest is Andy Gaines. Let's get them on the phone and get this podcast rolling. As soon as it catch some signal here. Hello, Zandy. Hey, man, how are you? Hey, good. How are you, Doc? Good, man. Thank you for taking the time to come on. It means a lot, especially on the Sunday evening. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm glad we are able to finally connect. Oh, yeah, man, for sure, for sure. So if you want to introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll kind of get into it. Yeah, okay. My name is uh, Andy Gaines. I live in uh, South Georgia. I've, I've been hunting uh, really my whole life. Whitetail is kind of my, my top uh, top thing I like to chase. But but you know if it if it uh, <laughs> if it's a game species, I'm after coyotes, hogs, turkeys, oh, yeah. <laughs> turkeys. You know the the list doesn't stop. Dove, quail. You know if I can choose a crane. <laughs> a seasonal hunter then. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I'm an opportunist. Heck yeah. Well, have you had any luck this season so far? Uh, no, I've, I've had some, some good encounters, but, uh, I, I just got back from Kansas and, and oh, man. I had a 140 inch deer slip me twice. I, I saw him at 47 yards. He walked by the tree I hunted two years ago. So I, I did what any hunter would do and move to that tree. And I came back after a, a, like a three day trip from a break from the hunting trip from work. And I came back to, to the spot and uh, he walked by where the stand was originally <laughs> at 35 yards. So, you know, that's how it goes. But. Yeah, man, that's life of a bow hunter for sure. How long have you been hunting over in Kansas? Uh, this is, so this is my third trip. Two years ago, I went over there on the lease. And then uh, this year, well, I, let me take that back. So two years ago, I went over there on the lease and I ended up hunting some public ground that actually was adjacent to it. And uh, I really fell in love with that piece. So this is my second year going back over there to hunt it. I, I plan on, you know, going back every year if I can. Oh, yeah. I heard that. So, what other states have you hunted for whitetail? I've, I've been to Illinois and, and I was in a lease up there for, I think, four or five years. And, I, man, I saw I saw a lot of deer. Um mm -hmm. I shot probably mid sixties, 10, one, one afternoon. And, oh, wow. and it was about a 55 yard shot. And, uh, that's a good, good penetration. <laughs> yeah. I probably shouldn't have taken the shot. I, I feel like I hit the deer well, but it just did not. I, I got, you know, two, three inches of penetration. I don't think it was enough to be Dang. lethal. So yeah, those suckers are tough. That's what next year, this, my deer season this year has been a little lackluster. I was supposed to go on a five day hunting trip. But I got Shanghai. We had a new starting a new babysitter, and she ended up canceling on us. So I had to Mister Mom it all week. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, that's painful. <laughs> yeah, out. I get I get drawn for the first hunt or first. Is that Piedmont? I don't know if you've heard about it. 
Yeah. Man, yeah. it had been my 10th year going up there, and I try not to miss it. It's some of the best hunting up there. Man, that, that, that's, that is a good area. Um, I yeah. used to hunt a lot of WMAs, bouncing around Hanahatchee, Oakey Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, we hunted Rum Creek hunted a lot. Some, yeah, Rum Creek's got some good, good, uh, some good deer on it, too. Oh, yeah. Now, are you majority bow hunter for the most part? Yeah, I, I actually I, I couldn't tell you the last time I what, let me take that back. <laughs> I haven't shot. Let me let me let me phrase it this way. I haven't shot a deer with a rifle from a deer stand, um, probably about twelve years now. I did shoot one on a on a uh, farmer's permit last summer. I shot a couple days, but those were the first two deer I'd killed with the gun, and I could, I couldn't even tell you the last time that joke. That's freaking awesome. Cause that's a hard task to take it on just the bow. It is, you know, and, and I've. I will say for the most part, I'm, the deer I'm after, I usually have in bow range. I, I, I did have one deer up in Dooley County that slipped me. Um, I hunted him for like four years. He was a seven-year-old. Mm. He came out. The one time I had a really good encounter, he was seven. He was at like 35 yards. I didn't have a shot. Um, I thought they were going to come into my food plot, and the doe skirted it at like 65 yards. So I had to watch him with my bow and just watch him walk on out. He ended up getting killed by week later two weeks later is 171 inch holy deer. crap man that is a big old deer <laughs> it is man that was uh it was it was tough man because i i'd followed that deer from a two-year-old so you know i had five years of history with them yeah and, that's a long um, time especially I, in the deer woods oh yeah i, I shot him at five and uh i made a, a shot that was far back and mm-hmm. never found him i actually jumped him while i was tracking him oh, and that uh, sucks so yeah, and then he 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 kind of went downhill at six a little bit from the shot, and then he blew up at uh, seven. Man, he was he was a stud. But damn, that was cool. You know, what go? The, the, the chase is the fun part. You know, I mean, I, I like killing them, but it's the chase and, and trying to get inside of their demeanor and how they how they move around. That's the fun part. Yeah, I believe if you become a bow hunter, I think it makes it a, makes you a better hunter overall. Because just like you said, you got to get in their wheelhouse. You really do, and and you know, I, my my initial reason for going with the bow is I wanted to shoot one that was Pope and Young. I just knew that the areas I was hunting hunting were not going to give me the opportunity to shoot a Boone and Crockett. Yeah, um, that's kind of where know, I'm at down here in Valdosta. I'm trying to look what? for somewhere. I mean, Piedmont's about my area, but around here, eh, there's hit and miss counties. So I didn't realize it. So you're in Valdosta. I'm in Valdosta also. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Holy crap, man. We should have just done a person in person. I'm, I I don't live far off Rocky Ford Road. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm over here by the Walmart on Interpreter. I'm oh, Cherry Creek. I don't know if you're familiar with Yeah. Area. Holy crap, man. We'll definitely have to meet up, shoot some bows or something. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't either, man. <laughs> I had no idea. That's crazy. Thank yeah. You. I, so I, t- I typically hunt in southwest Georgia. I've got. I got property in Blakely, and then I've got I've got a, a big track up in Dooley, but mm-hmm. um, the Blakely piece is where I spend most of my time. It just it's it's unpressured, and you know I'm, I kind of can manage it a little bit better than the Dooley piece. Yeah, and that's if you're going to get a big deer, you got to do that. Do you use game cameras and all that stuff too? Yeah, I, I don't know if, if, if I should elaborate. I, I, I'll just say I'm obsessed with with cameras, cell cameras and normal cameras. And I've kind of got different functions for both of them now that cell cameras have come around and become really affordable. I've got mm-hmm. mostly cell cameras, but I, I've, you know, I've, I've used the trail cameras, non-cellular cameras to kind of, I, I don't know, use them to, to like scout in particular areas. I may throw three cameras in a spot yeah. and I'm like, man, this is a sweet spot, but I don't want to just jump in here and throw a stand up and, and screw it up, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. So I'll typically throw like three cameras up that are non-cellular and I won't touch them. I won't go back into that area. And uh, I check them at the end of the season and, and then I can say, okay, well, the deer moved through here on this particular wind. Uh, I use like weather underground. I can kind of historically look at the wind directions and I kind of see which, which way they move through there. So then I can know how to position the stand or maybe it's a spot that I don't even, I can't hunt because of the way they're moving through, you know? Yes, that is too. Some spots, it might be a good little walk through, but there ain't a good spot to set up on. <laughs> yeah. Been there tons and of access. times. And access too, man. I think a lot of people overlook access. Like, yeah. I've got some spots that are sweet, but i got to get so deep into the woods that it's, it, I would screw everything up between 
between in between you know and, yeah i just i know how the feeling because i was on a hunting club last year i didn't get back on it this year because it was about a 45 minute drive from us and that's a it took the whole day if we got our hunting but literally if i didn't have my full wheeler i couldn't get back to one of my my main stand it was a good spot yeah but it was always underwater and it's just too far uh-huh. of a damn walk <laughs> yep yep that's uh well and that was that was one of the things with this public piece to go back to kansas property um the first year i hunted i walked in it's a walk-in only area mm-hmm. i had to walk a mile and a half two miles to some places and, and i was like i knew i was bumping deer you mm-hmm. know and leaving scent yeah and uh it was the lake that runs right through the middle of it so oh, I, that's cool i told my buddy whenever we get back we're taking a boat so we took a boat i had to take a, about a 25 minute uh ride with the troll motor on high to get to my spot but i did not have to walk through the woods and i saw way more deer this time than the last time see that's i want to check one of those boxes too where you see them guys they gotta take a canoe and just go up river and go hunt that is so freaking cool to me because i like kayaking yeah. and all that stuff too that'd just be kind of a cool blend for me <laughs> man it was uh you know the 25 minute boat ride is, is it was really a nice nice little boat ride it's a it's a really scenic piece and um, oh, i bet I, I enjoyed the boat ride i mean i i would get into the Whenever I finally got into the little creek I had to follow, there would be deer bedded right on the side of the creek. I mean, I, I had a doe and two yearlings just stand up, and they were five yards, never ran off, and they didn't know what I was in a boat with the red light on, you know? Dang, that is cool. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> now, speaking of you hunting public land, what kind of a stand you running? You running lock-on or a climber? Yeah, so I've, I've got uh, sticks that I take. I'm, I'm, usually I'm running – I've got some helium sticks I've had forever, and then I've got a set of leverage sticks too. So I, I use those in in conjunction. I'm I'm running uh, Millennium brackets, and then an M7 and a, okay. an M50U. So those are the two. The M7, man. I don't know if have you used the M7 before. Yeah, I got a Millennium lock on. That's my pro- main stand. I love it. Yeah, dude, that M7 is so light, mm-hmm. and uh, you would think it's got a small seat, small platform, and you're like, man, it's not comfortable. I could sit in that thing all day, and it's I can clip it on my backpack and, and carry it in if I want, or I can just carry it by hand. It's just that light. You know? Well, that's how I got mine on an old Army rucksack backpack frame. I literally uh-huh. just take some 550 cord, tie like just little half-hitch knots, tie top and bottom, run a strap through where it would kind of hang, and it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's probably yeah. it's under 25 pounds, but, hell, it works, and I can get up and stream about 15 minutes with it with four sticks. Yeah, man. It's uh, yeah. That's typically what I do is I'll, I'll go in and I, I will hang and hunt sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just go in and, and hang. You know, if I don't know where I'm, I've, I've kind of scouted this place now, and uh, it was real windy while we we're out there on a on two different days, and, and I've got a really good idea of how to set up next year. And that's part of the fun of going out of state on a public piece is mm-hmm. learning it so that you're like, all right, next year here's my plan, and so I got a whole year to kind of strategize. On, yep, daydream, on think about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> tantalizing the whole I mean, year there's some studs man i, I bumped a 160 plus easy yeah. um and they killed a 165 off of this place last year so it's, there's some really good deer on public public ground out west yeah that's why i got a couple of friends they have a lease up in illinois and they told me they said you'll see a small buck up there which is a big buck down here and you gotta let him walk because big daddy's gonna be coming home after him and it's, it's just so much more textbook deer hunting out of the state of Georgia, I would say. I mean, Georgia has its spots, but it's hard hunting down here. can be. It is. And I think a lot of it has to do with hunt pressure. You know, yeah. you go to these states like Kansas and Illinois, the rifle season and shotgun seasons are so small. You know, not a lot of people get into it except for that week or two period. Week or two I'm about period. to say, they're only like a week. Yeah, they're like a week long and that's it. If Georgia, if Georgia were, and they would never do this because there's there's way too many deer in Georgia compared to you know Kansas and Illinois. But mm-hmm. if they went to a bow only type scenario or short rifle season, it would be insane how how that would change the deer movement and and you'd even see deer getting larger across the state. I, oh yeah, there's, we there's got great the genetics across the state. It is. Georgia has, like you just said, they have great genetics through and through. Like, I got some cousins that have some land down here, if down around Riverbend Plantation, it butts right up to yep. it. And man, uh-huh. the deer they shoot look like freaking mule deer. I mean, they are huge, big donkey deer. Every buck they shoot's a big one. Now, granted, it's old 
cow pasture land and stuff butts up right up on the Withlacoochee. So it's prime yeah. location. <laughs> For sure, man. It just, uh, we've got the genetics in, in Georgia. It's just, you know, a lot of the deer that it's, it's different, different property compared to out West, you know, out mm-hmm. West, you, they have limited areas in which they travel and they typically travel the same area, but Georgia, I mean, they, in very few places can you find definitive patterns because they can walk anywhere. I mean, there's this thick cover. There's, you know, I think if we had more forestry management burning and stuff like that, it would, it would be way more conducive. People would kind of get into bow hunting a little bit better, but yeah, I'd be for it. Um, you know, that's, that's really, I mean, the place I've gotten Blakely, it's, it, we didn't burn anything this year. We did a major burn two years ago. And so that we're letting it all catch up, but we're going to go back to checkerboard burning next year. Yeah. That really makes such a big difference because there's certain areas that are bedding. There's, you know, you got three different stages. You, you burn every three years. You got a, a burned area, which is great for browse. Mm-hmm. And you've got a place that, you know, walk and they feel a little comfortable. It's like a second year burn. And then you got three year burn, which is like bedding area. Yeah. Well, it allows the woods to breathe and kind of regrowth and everything. And just like you say, just let new vegetation pop up and stuff like that. And it helped yeah. cut down the ticks too. It's damn. Ticks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ticks are bad, but, but that really does help. And, uh, you know, whenever and this is my in-laws' property, and and he he was burning right off the bat, and I was like, man, this is crazy. He's burning every year. I, I didn't really understand the value, and then once mm-hmm. I kind of started reading more into it, and man, I, like I was disappointed that we weren't going to burn this year because <laughs> that's like the biggest food plot area. You know, they mm-hmm. burn like that's the highest amount of protein that you can have. Everything that sprouts back up, you got to think it's already got a root system, so it's going to just boom. Oh yeah, and that new growth has got 16, 20% protein value to it. Yeah. And they'll lick the charcoal too for the minerals in that. I mean, they yeah. do. So it's crazy. Oh. And a lot of people don't know about it. Now, I will say one thing for having a big deer herds down here is CWD. And I've kind of heard of a few things for that. Have you ever noticed anything out west hunting or anything for here? Uh, I haven't. I haven't seen anything here where it's had any concern yet. I've. I found a deer a couple of years ago, but I, I think I think the deer got hit my car. He just kind of bedded up and died. But um, you said the big the biggest problem I have really is, is probably coyotes on my place. And oh god, yeah. Think, they're oh man. I, I do I, I try to do as much as I can. I, I probably need to get in a trap. And I'm, you know, mm-hmm. that's where you really can make a make an effort. Yeah, managing. I mean, you can go out and hunt them, and that's fun to do. But you're not going to be able to. Those jokers are smart, man. I mean, I've been hunting them in the same spot for a while, and, and the first two years I was killing them left and right. And then I think they figured out, like, hey, maybe if I hear a screaming rabbit, I don't need to run yeah. <laughs> towards the screaming rabbit. Yeah, that's why I got on that kick for a while, too. I had the ATNX Out Pro. My dad bought the four thermal, and that's pretty nice, too. Good piece of kit. Yep. And it's fun, though, but like you say, them coyotes are smart. And plus, once you crack off one or two shots, that's it. <laughs> there ain't nothing else yeah. coming around. Nothing else. Um, it's fun, but oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say it's it's fun. We just, you know, I I probably need to do a little more on the trapping side. That's mm-hmm. probably what I need to do. That's why I got a buddy who actually told me about you. He does a lot of trapping around here, and he does pretty good with. It. He caught a nice bobcat here recently. Big old bobcat. Well, man, I'd, I'd be open to you know, like right after the deer season, if if you know somebody that's trapping up be happy to, to show my property and let them go over there and run traps if they want to i would definitely he would he'd be tickled pink man because <laughs> he I told mean, me I about got, you we were hunting silver lake and he we were just sitting there talking he was like you need to have this guy on i was like all right i'll hit him up <laughs> so here we are <laughs> but awesome. yeah he's yeah, a real cool him, dude tell him, to, tell him to shoot me a message is, is he on instagram yes i'll send you a link uh i'll send you his a link to his page after the podcast okay yeah do that i, I Man, I've, I've got tons of raccoons that I would love to have trapped, as well as you know, mm-hmm. bobcats and coyotes. Well, he's licensed and all that too, so he's legit. Oh, that'd be fantastic! Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 get connected with him. <laughs> Heck yeah, that sounds good. I can't believe you're in Valdosta. That's freaking cool. I had no clue. Uh, small world, man. It is small world. So, what uh, kind of getting to gear? What type of bow you shoot? And broadheads and stuff and such. So I've got a Matthews Triax, and, and okay. I've shot Hoyt, I've shot Matthews, but I really, really like this Triax, and I, everybody's telling me to get, you know, try try the new one, but I, I'm kind of stuck on the Triax. You know, whenever you, 
I, I've shot good bows before, and whenever I'm shooting a bow really well, it's really tough for me to put it down, even if there is new, newer technology. I like I'm shooting this bow, probably the best I've ever shot. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man, because in archery, you got enough going against you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'll probably restring it next year and keep it. I just, you know, I like the bow and, and my setup. And it, it can kill, and that's, that's all I need it for, really. I don't have to have all the uh, extra bells and whistles. Yeah, that's myself. I actually, I shot a lot of tournaments. I started shooting when I was 13, and then I got into tournaments real heavy. It just wanted wow. to make me a better hunter, too. But I kind of got burned out on it and stopped shooting for about eight years, even hunting with a bow. But now I've gotten back into it this year, shooting traditional archery. I bought me a Fred Bear Montana longbow and hunted this past turkey season with it. And that's about the only thing that saved my turkey season because getting to the coyotes, and I forgot to bring this up, like literally the last three or four weeks of my season, every time I went hunting, I would say after my second to third calling sequence, I would have coyotes making a move on me and they got within a hundred yards and in this past no way yeah man the first time it happened i put all my shit up and i was like i'm just gonna walk around because they were within 75 yards i couldn't see them because they were in the deep the thick scrub brush but right. i have one light up and then all of a sudden about six more just circle me it made my my hair standing up on the back of my neck right now that, that's an eerie feeling having them that close man especially being on the ground with uh with well, I did have my Glock. I had 17 okay. rounds for him, so I ain't that stupid. <laughs> I'm going to have okay. me a pistol. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah, hunting I, over I, in like Oki. You ever hunt Stephen Foster over there? The Oki Noki Swamp? No, I've never been there. Oh, boy. You better have snake boots. And it's probably the most primitive. I've seen the biggest, one of the biggest bucks on the hoof over there, but bow hunting could get a shot. But, man, I don't even see. I mean, it's the woods James Oglethorpe walked through. It was okay. sketchy over there. But it's worth Man, it. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got to carry a pistol in the woods, especially if you're bow hunting. That's. Mm. Uh, I, I carry one myself. Shoot, I do when I'm rifle hunting, turkey hunting, because you hear people getting jumped all the time by critters, and let alone this past club I was on, I was walking around with a 400 pound black bear, kind of going around in my area. Mm. Yeah, never saw him, but I'd see his tree rubs, and they'd be at my head hot, and I'm six four, so he was a no big old way, boy. We yeah. had pictures of him too. That was uh. That was a worry I had one time. We, we were at, uh, speaking of black bears, we, we were at, uh, oh, what was the name of the WMA? Um, Oakey Woods. We were mm -hmm. at Oakey Woods. We got there late one night. My buddy my buddy got there late. I, I was there a little bit beforehand, but everybody else had been there for like a day or two. And uh, he was like, hey, let's go. We got a spot. Let's, let's go hang. Let's go hang your climber. So it was at night. You know, we're like, let's, let's go hang the climber so you know where to go. We're walking. I've, I'm the only one with the rifle we're walking on this old logging road. And all of a sudden, I hear this like, and everybody froze and they're like oh no nah, i didn't hear anything you know yeah. and so we take a few more steps and then you hear like and you can see the bushes we all turn our lights over there and you can see the bushes and like i don't know 30 40 yards kind of starting to shake and so like i turn around everybody's like hey you you got the gun stop stop <laughs> you better run faster than the minivan yeah you know because you can't shoot them uh, yeah. unless they attack you. It's it's a really bad situation. It is, man. That sucker pretty much has to draw blood on you before you can shoot that sucker. I know, and I, I was not going to let him do that. And you know, Oh, no. Like, hey, hey I'd, I'd shoot and get him to claw me later after he's dead or something. I know. <laughs> <laughs> something. Put my right, arm in his mouth and get someone to stomp it. <laughs> oh, man. Man. But, so yeah, yeah I've, I've got a Matthews bow. I, I, I used to shoot a. Uh, I've shot mechanicals before. I've shot Ramcat. I've shot Rage. Mm -hmm. My but, cousin uh, shot a bunt Rage. He was on the Rage kick for a while. You know, and I, I was, and I killed some deer with it. I'm not going to say it's not a great broadhead. If you do not make a perfect shot with a Rage, mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna pay for it because it's mechanical. And I, I should, I've got I'm a. a I'm not a big fella, so my, my journal length is, is shorter, and, you know, I need I need all the extra help I can give with penetration. I like two holes better than one when you're when you're shooting them with a bow. Yes. So I switched to an Exodus, and I actually changed from a 100-grain broadhead to a 125. Mm -hmm. Now, is the and Exodus, is that, a, is that a fixed or a two-blade? What does that look like? It's a, it's a three-blade. It's fixed. It's got a... I think it's one and three eighths cut in diameter okay. with the one twenty five grain. Oh yeah. So 
but but by adding that extra 25 extra grains on the on the broadhead tip i noticed my groups get a lot tighter the air flight was a lot more stable mm-hmm. um, recovery just, time and, and, same and, for the arrow yeah well you know and 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 all the reason i did it was like the more weight you've got on the front end the better balance it'll have flying mm-hmm. and and it was really one of the only ways I could get a little extra weight on my entire arrow because, you know, I didn't want to shoot full metal jackets. I wanted something that was micro diameter, so I had to worry about wind. You know, going yep. out west, I'm, I'm shooting the maximum red SDs. Oh, yeah. Um, so adding that 25 grains in the broadhead helped help add the air weight, but also really, I think, tighten my group. The penetration was I mean, I had a brand new Glendale target. I shot a hundred grain practice tip and a one twenty five, and I'm not joking. I got four inches better penetration with the one twenty five grain broadhead than the hundred. I wouldn't doubt it, not one bit. So, anyway, I'm I'm kind of sold on those, man. I've 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 killed several since I think this is my this will be my third year shooting them, mm-hmm. um, and I've just not had a problem with them. I, I shot Ramcat. I take that back. This is my second year because I shot Ramcats two years ago in, in 2019 I shot Ramcats and I killed some deer with it and I made some some perfect shots with the Ramcats and mm-hmm. um you know the deer just didn't didn't expire as quickly as they should have and I find the blade and it's all bent up and I was like man this is not supposed to happen yeah well that's how my cousin we were hunting up at Barry College bow hunting and we were camping up there and unfortunately I don't know what it is with WMAs and stuff. They lock the gates for bow hunters, but during rifle season they allow people to drive wherever they want to. So it was literally like a three mile I'm not bullshitting when I say it was a three mile walk just to get back to where we could hunt. And my cousin has shot a doe with a rage, and this is kind of where I where I got off of. I was like, I ain't doing this because this happened like three separate occasions on this hunting trip. And the third one he finally got it. But when it opened it up, man, it looked like he took an axe to the side of the doe. But we had to do two trips at night, walking in the dark. And that just, to me, I was, I'm a fixed blade broadhead myself. I shoot the Montec G5s. I've never had a problem with them. I think we lost them. Hold on. Get them back on the phone. Hey, there. Hey, yeah, sorry. I know you cut off. Where'd you hear me last? No, I got you on the Montec G5, and I was just about to ask you because, um, I got I got a bunch of replacement blades for the Exodus, but I can't find. I'm shooting used ferrules. All three of mine are, are used at this point because you can't find anything in stock. And I had thought about getting the the Montec G5. You, you like that broadhead pretty yes, well? Yes, they do very well. They're easy to sharpen. I got a little diamond sl- sharpener slate. I'll keep in my bag, and before I go out in the morning or that evening, I'll just run them over there. And man, them things will shave hair. I actually cut myself on them one time. We were on a hunting club, and there was this hog step out. I, my dad was driving, and I went to go slide in there, and I was going to shoot through the door because it was just standing right on the side of the little ditch right in the road. And uh-huh. uh, I slid it down, got out, shot the pig, and then we got back in there, and I was letting him, we would let him run off in the bushes and die. Come to find out, he didn't run but like 10, 15 yards. But I looked down as we get back out of the truck, and I put my bow up, and it feels wet. That broadhead cut through my jeans and cut me, and it was bad. No way, man. I didn't even know it. I, slew, I did it. I guess my That's adrenaline was pumping, and I, I don't know how I did it, but it cut me good through denim. Well, that was – I, I like the Montec for that, that reason. You can sharpen it yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, and you can get I, practice I, broad – or what they call preseason broadheads. And, uh, man, they shoot good. I mean, they're field tip accurate as well. I'll have to see if I – it seems like I may have had trouble fighting a 125 grain of the Montec. That mm-hmm. might have been why I didn't didn't order any and I, I i luckily found some replacement blades check out the, the new m3 i'm gonna try and go to them next season and i want to one thing i've heard a complaint about g5 is that they whistle if you're down range okay but i want to try the new m3 because it's a solid piece of metal and it doesn't have a hole in the broadhead it kind of looks like yeah. an iron wheel in a way so i want to try them out and see how they do See if they're a little bit quieter. It's a G, G5 also? Yeah, it's a Monte. Yeah, it's a G5, but it's called the M3. Okay. Well, that, that sounds a lot like the Exodus. They they have two different styles on the Exodus. One's a sweat blade, which is not a full. The full is like a solid, mm-hmm. solid blade that goes all the way to the, yeah. to the actual insert. Mm-hmm. So, 
All right, well, I'll check that out. That's uh, yeah. that's good intel. I was I was gonna get some more Exodus, but they said twelve weeks, and that was that was like four weeks ago. And I was like, I'm, I I don't need them in January. You know? Yeah, I need, right. I need them in December, November. <laughs> Heck, nowadays it's kind of like that scene off of Old Brother of Art Thou, where it's like two weeks from everywhere, a geographical oddity. <laughs> I tell you, man, it's it's crazy. It's been crazy finding finding gear this year. That and bullets, which for. they're starting to come around a lot more. Uh, at least there's 22s on the shelves and stuff like that for now. Yeah, I, I feel I feel that I'm adequately supplied, although you can never have too many too many rounds of ammo. Yeah, for I real. Feel. And that's kind of my main reason for kind of getting back into archery is because through the ammo shortage and all that, I was just like, man, you know, I can reuse these bullets. And plus, I just want to get back I, into it. <laughs> yeah, it's, man, to me, it's just, like you said earlier, it, it, it really makes you hone in a little bit more on on the animal and and you really got to figure out how they're moving especially if you're you know trying to key in on a specific bug that's mm-hmm. that's that to me just really is is the fun the fun part of it is just trying to figure out the puzzle and put the pieces together yeah kind of will segue into that when you're trying to find like say if you're well i'll give you two situations one we'll go from public then we'll go to private because it's two different circumstances but if you're walking in or what do you look for on public land that kind of draws your eye as a starting point for you? Well, I, I like to find some thick area. Um, and on public land, I, places that are tough to access, mm-hmm. you know, may, maybe the average person's not going to go in there. And, and so it's going to have, you know, it's automatically going to have less pressure, but, but you got to have some type of cover in the area. So that's really bedding is, is key. There's, there's, I think I think over time you start to realize that big bucks are attracted to certain types of areas, and whenever you see it with your eyes, you'll you'll know right away. Like, okay, there's a big buck for sure hanging out here. He might not be here all the time, mm-hmm. but he comes through here and he he's he's making his rounds, and this is where he may may stay. Yeah. Uh, so that's really kind of my my initial focus is trying to find where if I was a big buck and I wanted to hide, where would I hide? Mm-hmm. And then from there, he hides. Where's the, the corridor he would feel safest to walk between these two sp- spots? Because because really that's your best scenario, right? You don't want to get too close to a bedding area. Yes. So you try to find two spots where the deer may be bedded, and you you find the spot where they may travel mm-hmm. and feel comfortable traveling between the two spots. And that's that's typically what what type of setup I'm looking for. Okay. Now how how do you feel about mock scraping and all that stuff? Do you ever try that? I have a little bit. I probably need to do more. Um, and, and something that I'm, I'm starting to do a little more is like cedar trees. And I did this while I was in Kansas, as a matter of fact. Uh, cedar trees, if they have a lot of a lot of limbs on the bottom of them, you will not find a buck rubbing the trees, right? Really? Okay. They're just not. Yeah. So, so what I'll do is I'll go in there and like just saw the limbs off the bottom of them. And I may even take my saw and rough up the cedar mark uh-huh. so that it actually puts that, that scent out there. Um, we did that in one spot and had a buck hitting the same tree within like 24 hours. Wow. Like they <laughs> could smell the cedar. So, yeah. so if I can I, see that. I, I really, I, I should have done a video on it while I was out there. I, I thought about it, you know, I'm out there trying to chase deer and I was like, ah, I need to go do a video. And I'm like, nah, I'm just, you know, I don't want to mess up the spot. Well, see, that's kind of how I am this year. I wanted to get, I'm trying to get more onto YouTube and stuff like that, but I'm doing good enough just to get up in the tree and get me a deer on the ground. <laughs> it's, it's tough, man. It really is. Like there, there, are, if I had all the time in the world, there's so much content that I want to put out there to, Amen to help that. people just think outside of the box. But you know, if you did that full time, you almost lose the ability to, Enjoy it. To hunt. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. Because then it right. comes a job. <laughs> it does. And maybe that's why it's good to talk about these things and, and let people listen and be like, hey, that's an idea I've never thought about. But mm-hmm. uh, like this particular spot in Kansas, I went through and I'll, I'll find out next year how, how it went. But there was a line of cedar trees on this flat um, kind of around the edge of a, a cow pasture. And I took the cedar trees and limbed them all up because I wanted to create like a rub line straight down, right? They'd oh, be yeah. perfect for me to be able to come back in. And they'll they'll hit cedar trees year over year over year. And I, I figured that out even hunting here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can find a cedar tree and I can limb it up, there's going to be a buck come through and rub it. Well, I'll keep that in my back pocket. I'll try that next time. <laughs> try it, man. I mean, even if you take a saw and, and rub mm-hmm. up that – Rub 
the bark off of it just so it puts that smell out there. They smell that fresh cedar and they're like, whoa, 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 something. Someone's been probably, here. <laughs> yeah, somebody's been here. You could probably do it with a cherry tree. You know, cherry trees have a really uh, big aroma to them, and, and you could probably do it with a cherry tree and have a similar effect. Mm-hmm. Well, that's um, talking about it, with the mock or with the mock scrape. I've actually killed an eight point doing that, where he I found a, one of his scrapes. He was regularly checking. I had him on camera. And I went and peed in it, not before. Or, not, yeah, not before. And then it was Halloween night. I went back and I shot him right at dark. He came in checking it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I have not done the mock scrapes uh, as much as I should. I, I probably, I, I need to run cameras on scrapes more. But but typically, I'm, I know where the scrapes are historically. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just hunt away from the scrapes just because they're, a lot of times they're really close to the bedding area. Well, see, I ha- I ran the mistake of, I guess, for being a green hunter, too, I would hunt over the scrapes, not knowing any better. And it wasn't until here, like, I'd say almost this year, I talked to Warren Womack here and later in one of my earlier podcasts, and he kind of turned open my eyes to the fact that they're not checking them scrapes in daylight. I mean, they will in the rut, but 90% of the time, rest of the year, it's going to be nighttime. They're not going to come and come by here in the day. Most of the time, you're right. And, and, there's a really small window when a mature buck is hitting the scrape. Really, really small window. Um, it's 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 really kind of interesting. Scrape scrapes. You could have a whole whole topic on just how do how do you attack scrapes? Because you know I, I run cameras on scrapes, and a lot of times you get those two, three, two, three year olds pretty regular. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to con- constantly kind of search for places where you might have that for four or five year old buck show up um mm-hmm. on a, on a scrape consistently i've got one spot that historically every single year i've run a camera on it there's mature deer that hit this scrape and it's just about the location of of where this scrape is and and some of the other ones i've run cameras on and i get two and three year olds and that's all i ever get you know i don't get yeah. any mature deer so um I don't know. It's, it's scrape. Scrape hunting is 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 interesting. It, I probably need to run more cameras on scrapes. I've, I've got. I've actually got one cell camera right now on a scrape where I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang a stand just because historically I've run cameras here for like three years and oh, yeah. there's big deer that come through here and it's it's on a it's on the south end of a bedding area and there's there's bedding to the south of me but. The access, I finally figured out how I'm, I've got an electric bike and I'm gonna ease in through the oh, electric bike. See, I wanna. Ahead. Ah, that's on my bucket list. I got to get me one of those. Which one do you got? So I've got, um, I went, I went a really inexpensive route or, or, or when you're looking at electric bikes, I'm not going to say it was inexpensive, but it was <laughs> yeah. inexpensive. Yeah, <laughs> when right. When you compare it to Quiet Cat, you know. To the wife, it was very bike. inexpensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I probably told the wife a story about it, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the bike, I think it was like the thousand, no, it wasn't even a thousand, it was like $900 and it had a bike rack on the back. Um, I upgraded the shocks to off-road shocks and, uh, it's got a 500 watt motor. Wow. And it'll go like 20 miles and, and 20 miles on a charge off road. And then I think top, top end speeds around 20 miles an hour, which off road, you don't, you don't want to be going that fast. Yeah. Right, so you come off on that. That's going to hurt. <laughs> oh man. I I've had some, I've been on some Sandy roads with it and, uh, it does pretty well, but if you, the slightest little miss turn and you will face plant. I have not done that, but I have been close. Uh, freaking yard sale, just letting everything go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm, my uh, it's a, it's a, it's an eco eco tricks what I've got, and uh, I really like it, man. It's this is my second season with it, and the deer are not concerned with it. Like during bow season this year, mm-hmm. I drive in with a red light on my head. Oh yeah. And, and uh, I, I literally shined underneath these solitude oaks, and I saw, I'm not joking, that there were eight or ten deer bedded 20 yards from me. They Man. never got up. They never left. Like, I, 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 I hopped off the bike as soon as I saw them and just kind of walked it up about another 20 yards and, and sat it down, and I never heard it be a runoff. Climbed up in the tree, which was 20 yards from there, and uh, I had deer come from that direction. So I know that the, some of those same deer I saw didn't have an – I don't know if you, do you use a red light whenever you're in the woods. I do. I use, actually use a green Nebo. That's one I used to use varmint hunting. I'd had on my 17 for like coons and stuff like that. Yeah. But I've had it for years, man, and that sucker's still going good. Green and red, man, they just don't see it. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've tested the theory, you know, in an afternoon hunt, shining it in their eyes, and mm-hmm. they never even, 
look look towards where where the light is. So yeah. it's uh, well, that's why I run both. I got a red headlamp for when I get up in the stand. But walking to the stand, I like that green light because it's a little bit brighter. <laughs> I can see a little bit further off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, you're right about that. I'm, I'm, I probably need to get a green. I've, I've got a decent red one, and, well, and I've just kind of stuck with it. Check out that Nebo. It's like 40 bucks, and it comes with a little barrel mount and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's just got – it's also a little magnet on the back too, so you can kind of stick it on your truck or whatever. It's a pretty nice little oh, rock. It's AAA batteries. That is pretty sweet. Yeah, it is. But <sighs> trying to think what else I was going to ask you. There was something else on Oh, hey, we lost him again. <laughs> Let's see, get him back on. Hey, man. Hey, man, sorry. It's probably my phone out here on the farm. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So, uh, what up? You got any, are you going to be going anywhere else hunting this year, or is that, you're just going to be hanging around Georgia? No, I'll, I'll hang around Georgia. So, I, I've the last few years I've, I've kind of changed my strategy. I'll, I'll go opening weekend. Uh, typically my bucks are still in velvet and kind of on a pattern, but, mm-hmm. but then I stay out of the woods until youth season. I take my kids cause they, they've just gotten into it last year. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, Oh man, it's so much fun. Like I, I, I I'm getting more excited about getting stand set up for them because they're, they're hunting with a rifle too. So I'm getting able to, I'm able to slip back into kind of a rifle mindset, which I haven't done in, you mm-hmm. know, 10 years or more. Um, so that's the youth weekend. I, I kind of go with them again. And then I take my out of state trip to Kansas. Uh, but I, I won't hunt from, I don't hunt myself typically from September. I won't sit in the stand again until typically like Thanksgiving, which sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, but, but I run cameras. I, I'm, you know, I'm over there, I, you know, middle, middle part of October. Mm-hmm. So my, my deer are really unpressured. Like nobody else is on, on the, on the land hunting. That's the and, way to do uh, it. Man. Whenever I go, man, it really is. I go over there and I, you know, I'm saying I've got, I've got, I've got a high deer density. I, I need to shoot a lot of does. We killed uh, 30 or 40 last year. Wow. Um, That's a lot of yeah, deer. It's, it, we've got way too many, man. I, I, an average sit for me is, is 10 deer. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, I'm lucky to see that many in a season. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, man, the deer numbers are crazy. But but a lot of it is, it's just not pressured. You know, Mm -hmm. I put my food plots in and then I may fill up feeders, but but I'm not over there a whole lot. I'm not in the woods. I'm not sitting in a stand. Mm -hmm. And uh, they kind of get into their their normal routine. And I, I, you know, I I run a lot of cameras. I'll tell you, I just put, the rest of my cell camera stuff. I don't have all my cameras out, but on this particular piece of property in Blakely, I've got 21 cameras out. Holy crap. So you, you don't miss anything, do you? <laughs> not, not really, but there are some holes in it. I've got, I've got about 10 more cameras that are non-cellular. I probably, I probably will put out and, and I put them out typically where I can get to them real easy, like walking in or out of a, a mm-hmm. stand and, um, or I just go drop them, like I said earlier, in a spot where I'm, I might be hunting two or three years from now just to kind of investigate the area. Yeah, oh yeah. So Now, do you leave like a, a little sanctuary area where you don't even go in or anything like that on your property? Yes, yeah, so I do. And it's, it's, really, it's really kind of – so I've got – my property is really – north to south, it's really long. And then it's not very wide, mm-hmm. um, you know, east to west. And so, like right through the middle of it, I've got I've got a stand in the middle of it that I can access. Actually, if I want to, I can access it through a pond, which is how I typically do. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't. I, I've <laughs> I've got I've got stands, but I won't travel. This there's this one long road between a grown up clear cut on the right and then really good bedding on the left, and I just don't travel this road. It's actually where my son shot his deer. He shot a 144 inch eight point off of it last year. Wow, that's a good deer. It's a great, great deer. It was his first deer, and uh, for for first deer, that's a great deer. <laughs> I really, I really, I really set the bar high. Yeah, I don't know how I'm gonna ever beat that? But that's I'd work uh, at the airport. I'll mean interrupt real quick. We I work at the airport meat processor in the evening because I, I run the yeah. high growth farms. It's a wedding venue out here. It's a family business, or I help okay. manage the property. And we had a uh, young boy bring an eleven point in, and it was his first deer. Big old deer. I saw it. I saw that deer you you posted. It was thick, man, yes. really thick. Man, anyway, that may interrupt your story there. <laughs> no, no, you're good, man. It's 
it's it, you know I knew what deer it was as soon as it stepped out. It's it's just it's fun to get kids excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that buck in that put it put him in the uh, truck buck shootout. He did the youth and the adult. Oh, and, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was a cool experience. He he won't. You know, I don't think he'll ever forget it. And, do they still do the um, egg shoot and all that, or how do they? What happened with that? Yeah, it's it's a it's a skeet and then an egg and then. Um, I think it goes to a rollway. They never made it that far because because everybody was out. I think on the egg. Mm-hmm. What was um, the, what were they winning? Was, was it a truck? Yeah, well, the the youth was like a three day hunt and a shopping spree. Oh, okay, cool. Um, That'd be good enough. <laughs> they, yeah, that would that would be that would be great. He he ended up missing on the first shot, so he was out first shot on the youth, and ah, unfortunately the the adult the the pellet gun was he he was seven at the time, and and the pellet gun was just too heavy. I mean, he mm-hmm. couldn't even hold it up. So we just <laughs> we forfeited, and because uh, it was just it was going to be too dangerous, and he they let him shoot the BB gun just for you know being part of the competition. Yeah. So, um, now, what caliber did you did you choose for your uh, kids to shoot? So they're shooting three hundred blackout. And, uh, that's a good caliber. It's it's a really good caliber. You got a lot of different choices of grain weight, but I've got it in the AR platform, mm-hmm. and that's my night hunt I've gun. Got, oh yeah, man! It's a it's a sweet gun. It's it's short, it's compact, and uh, I can run my suppressor on it. My son's not real fond of loud noises, so mm-hmm. we run the suppressor. Oh, and there's see, no I ain't got one of those man. yet. That's I want to get me a can, but I was hoping. The hour I wish before that at Vegas shooting, they were going to vote and make it where it's just like a an accessory. But now we still got to wait for all the damn paperwork and bullshit. I know, man. It takes forever. I, I hate it. I've only got one. I'm I'm probably going to go ahead and and put in for a second one so mm-hmm. that you know my kids are about to get to the point where they want to hog hunt, and I I would like for them to have a a second gun so I can shoot a gun too. Yes, quick follow up. What uh what kind of what brand of can did you get? I've got a Silencer Co. The oh, yeah. uh, Silencer Co. Omega. Awesome. Well, how quiet does it make? Is it pretty good? Yeah, I mean, I'm not shooting subsonic, so you mm-hmm. really just you can't you can't shoot anything subsonic and, and expect to be lethal. But yeah. um, it it's quiet. It sounds about like a 22. And yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's good enough, man. It's and it's uh, you know if you if you hit something you actually can hear the impact of the bullet so yeah. you kind of know right away of course i'm filming too so that always helps to be able to go back and video the oh yeah or watch sure. the video replay that's i like it's a good bush gun i mean at 150 yards it drops like a rock i was shooting at a pig on my club last year and she was about 200 uh-huh. and i was just watching it like probably like i said i only shot it out to 100 but i was just watching it consistently skip right in front of her and i just couldn't get it hit her but other than that, it's been real good for me. I've taken some deer with that caliber. Yeah, I, the deer he shot it was a hundred and it was I, we were shooting hundred and ten grain. I've switched to now to one fifties, but mm-hmm. that's what it I'll was a hundred and seventy six yard shot. We got <laughs> he got extremely lucky. Yeah, but he lobbed I mean, that one in there. <laughs> he he smoked it. I mean, it was it was. I don't know that I could have shot it any better. Like honestly, I was surprised whenever we, we got walked up on him. Um, I was like. Oh my God. Like it was, it was a quarter and two shot. He put it a little bit in front of the shoulder and it was like perfect exit. It was, Dang. it was insane that he, he did that at like seven years old. You That's know? young like, guys. I never, killed, <laughs> I never even killed deer till I was nine. He's, he's got five now and he's eight. <laughs> God, that's why I didn't shoot my first deer till I was 11. <laughs> I know, man. I, well, you know, it, I th- get him started young, you know, that it was, is. That's why we cut my, or I, me and my dad both, we, he was a big fisherman. He was in the Air Force a lot and he fished in Alaska. That's actually where I was born at. But down here, we cut our teeth on Grand Bay because we started hunting together around the same time. And man, do you ever hunt Grand Bay? I, I've been out there a time or two. Well, I'll go ahead and time. tell you, don't waste your time now. I went out there this season and it sucks. <laughs> but back when it had the archer side, it was actually decent and had chances of critters and stuff like that. And that is one yeah, thing. I, or go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say I've got a buddy that hunts close by, and I know there's some good deer in that area. But oh, for sure, there are. Yeah, there are there. But uh, oh, I got my point. Ah, golly, I don't know. Moving on. Archery side. Yeah. Uh, archery side and something else. I don't know. I was spaced out. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, God, I'm totally drawing a blank here. I'm sorry. 
But other than that, well, I'll say this. We're getting on about 45, 50 minutes. Is there anything else you could think you want to talk about or bring up? Well, I, I'll, mention, I'll mention one thing. I, I don't know if this is – I'm not trying to necessarily promo uh, in, I, any contest man, or anything. Plug but, anything, man. <laughs> yeah, you can. Well, so, so I've been videoing now for like 12 years, and, mm-hmm. and it's the most rewarding thing to me to be able to – for one, just be able to capture it and be able to like show it, show it to some people and be like, Oh man, that's really cool. You know? And I just like being able to go back and, and relive the hunt. Oh yeah. Um, there's a new contest though. And I, I don't know that a lot of people in Georgia know about it. It's called, uh, the apex million dollar bug bash. Have you I've, heard of that? It has come across my feed and I thought about signing up for it. <laughs> thought about it. So but... I, I signed up for it and, and I was part of that, uh, North American whitetail championship. Oh, the last really? two years really that's cool. and uh yeah that was that was a really cool thing but but this th- what what apex i met these guys at the truck buck shootout my son my son was at and um what they're trying to do is just get people into video and their hunts and it's mm-hmm. a really cool thing you pay your entry fee you get a 4k camera you get attachment devices for either your scope or your boat um and then they even give you things to be able to score the deer, but it's just a really, it's a neat contest. They did a, they did a run through in uh, Tennessee last year. That was the first state they did. Now they're in Georgia. Mm-hmm. This being the first year, but you know, the, the guy in Tennessee last year, he shot like 130 inch deer ended up winning for like a $10,000 prize, man. Holy crap. So I had no idea it was like that. So is that, are they still looking to sign up or is it like a next year type thing? The, the sign-up is season-long, and uh, so so I met those guys, like I said, at the, the truck book. They reached out to me, uh-huh. and uh, we started talking. I was like, man, we got to help. We got to get some more people signed up. Uh, I know a few people, and I've gotten a few people signed up, but um, I asked them. I was like, is there any way, anything you can do? And so I've got a promo code, and if you're still looking to get in or anybody, for yeah. that matter, is looking to get in, uh-huh. uh, if you go to the Apex Competitions website, it's, I think it's – apexcompetitions.com and uh select georgia use the code hunt georgia 2022 and that's hunt ga like h-u-n-t-g-a 2021 gives you 25 dollars off okay um and you can get a single tag and then if you want to you can come back later and buy a second tag so you can have two entries into this heck yeah how much is the entry fee if you don't mind me asking uh man i I'd be lying if I told you right offhand, but it, I think it's like it's around three hundred, maybe three twenty-five. I think with the discount, it might be three hundred, might even be less. That ain't bad. I mean, I guess that pays for all the gear they're going to give you. So that's that's cool. I might get. I'm going to look it's, into that. You should, man. I mean, really, if anybody's, it, it's so simple too. I mean, this mm-hmm. camera they have, it's it's uh, you got to set the date and the time. They they sent you a box with instructions and stuff, but um, you know. Being able to go back and watch your hunt is so much fun. Like once you do it, you're like, this is really, really mm-hmm. addicting, you know? Um, and especially like, even, even if you're thinking about if, if you're bow hunting, if you're rifle hunting for that matter, you go back and watch the shot to see where you hit. Like mm-hmm. that's such a key part of like being able to track a deer and know, okay, I made a good shot. I could track him or you can say, Hey, you know what? I, I think I saw that bullet impact as I did the slow-mo. And it might be a little bit further back. I probably need to give that deer a few hours. Oh yeah, I um, agree a hundred percent. I don't know. I, I feel like it's a it's a neat thing they're trying to do, and then they're they're you go check out their website though. They've they've yeah. got the payout schedule, and you can change like if there's five hundred people or a thousand people, the payouts change. If if they were to max it out, I mean, the, I think there's a maximum of like ten thousand people in Georgia's is what they would take. And if, if that were to happen, the top price is like fifty grand at that point. Holy crap. Yeah, I wasn't too sure. I saw that. I was like, dang, that'd be kinda cool, but I didn't know how in depth it went. I'm glad you brought that up. And that's really neat. Yeah, that was that was you know, I, I, I love I love filming. I love putting together video clips and you know, like like we were talking about earlier, if I had all the time in the world I would do all kinds of like, hey, this is what you should do. You should trim cedar trees to create rub lines and, mm-hmm. but but even being able to share hunts, it's it's just a fun experience and um Well it just gets I, I it like out there more and hunts. it it brings it puts the hunters in the right lens because my we got everybody else going against us for the most part. Especially nowadays. Yeah, I mean, we we really do need to all kind of come together, and we got to be able to share share our 
our love and our excitement for it because you never know there's that one person that gets discouraged from going hunting because maybe they're not successful in seeing deer or shooting deer but if they can watch somebody doing it that keeps them motivated potentially mm-hmm. Hey, YouTube's what gets me through the off season, especially this season. Yeah. At least being able to watch it in this podcast to talk about it kind of gets you through. <laughs> so true, man. That's why I had to start hunting things besides deer. Deer, like deer, chasing deer is like my number one thing. But mm-hmm. you know, turkeys and and that sort of thing, coyotes and hogs, that they they've all filled a gap for me to to help me get to like that May and June time frame when I start really running a bunch of cameras and putting protein out and seeing what deer made it and what they're going to look like. So. Oh heck yeah. Now, speaking of old turkeys real quick, how long have you been hunting turkeys? I've honestly not been hunting them really long. I, I would say, you know, maybe 10 years or so, not as long as I have deer. Yeah. Um, Is but, it just but, in Georgia? Man, yeah, I, I have not. I, I want to go out, you know, Midwest. I, I'd love to go chase a Miriam. That's that's kind of where I want to go is like Nebraska and, and shoot a Miriam. But oh, yeah. um, I haven't done that yet. I heard that. What's your biggest bird you shot? I shot one in Blakely. It's been a it's been a couple of years back. It was a eleven and a half inch beard. It's nine sixteen spurs. Heck yeah! And it's a good bird. It was twenty two pounds. I'm not joking. Holy cow! That's a big daddy then. It was it was the biggest bird I've ever killed. Was it bow or shotgun? It was with the shotgun. I've, yeah. I've, I've killed one one turkey with the bow. I've actually got a mount. I'm staring at it right now. But uh, I shot one with the with the bow, and and the bow is fun. It's just it takes a little extra effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For I'm sure. Gonna, I'm gonna try. What I really want to do is like I want to say spot and stalk. That's not the right word, but like I want to do some calling and then be in a, a good hardwood bottom with some you know, larger oak trees and, and draw behind a tree, have somebody filming behind and like shoot one without a blind from behind a tree. I just feel like that'd be like the coolest. Oh yeah, for sure. Coolest experience. That's the ultimate checkmate, especially on a Turkey. If you can do that, you've done something. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the odds of that happening are pretty slim. Now I did have, I had a really close opportunity to doing something similar to that. I was tucked in a cedar tree. My buddy was calling and filming and uh, we had we had two birds come in, and uh, they, they kind of got squirrely on me. And I drew back. Whenever I drew back, they kind of got squirrely and ran off. And I tried to I tried to get them to stop and, and did like a fallen fallen forward shot. It was it was way <laughs> off, but or <laughs> that happens. <laughs> so much fun though. It is, man. Oh, like I said, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, heck, if you ever want to come on again, we'll talk hunting. And I'll also, I'll send you that, my buddy's information and getting to the cameras real quick. He's real big in video recording himself. So I'm going to bring this up to him and see if he wants to do it. Because he's been videotaping his hunts for, shoot, last four or five years now. So he's a big uh, saddle hunter too. I don't know if you've gotten on that train yet. I have not. I've, I've seen a lot of people doing it and, and I have not uh, jumped in on it yet. But but I am I am thinking about getting one just to try it and see if I like it. So. Mm-hmm. It looks, the, um, I had my two buddies I went with, it looks like a lightweight option, but one, it looks like a lot of crap to be carrying in the woods at dark. <laughs> but to, to me, it just seems like it's a lot that I could, I'm already doing the same thing. Like you, you're carrying sticks in with the saddle, right? Yeah. So I'm already doing that with my setup. The only, only difference is I have to set the saddle up instead of like, mounting a, a millennium bracket and dropping my my little eight and a half pound m7 in there you know mm-hmm. it just seems i don't know it just seems quicker the way that i'm doing it but i'm not saying the saddle's not couple you know the fact you can kind of maneuver around a lot of uh tree limbs and stuff and mm-hmm. 360 around the tree is is, is definitely cool I, I just i don't like being that far off the tree personally yeah well that's why i feel like you can hug against the tree or i guess they stay hidden better versus sticking off the side of it I can see that if you got to tuck into it, but, and plus, like I said, I'm me being a bigger fella. I just, I don't know yet. <laughs> what, yeah, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going to say it doesn't work. I know it works, but I just don't know that I'm, I'm sold on the concept all the way yet. But. Yeah. That just comes back to if it works for you and it kills, leave it alone. <laughs> That's right. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. Heck yeah, man. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on, and we'll have to definitely get together and go shoot or something. We uh, uh, I don't know if you've been out to Jeremy Wallace's out there at Life Outdoors. He has yeah. they have tournaments every now and again, and next one we have, I'll let you know because I go out there and shoot with my trad bow just to stay brushed up. 
but it's fun. Yeah. Let me know, man. I, I know Jeremy really well. He's a uh, he's a super super nice guy. He's actually he, he does all the work on my bows. So. Oh yeah, he's a solid dude. He was my one of my archery coaches back in the day, so he knows his stuff oh, <laughs> real good. For sure, man. Him and Stephanie are, are good people. Oh yeah, salt of the earth. Well, man, you have a good rest of your Sunday and uh, enjoy it. And uh, thank you for coming on again. I had a blast. Yep. Yeah, man. I appreciate you asking me. So uh, yeah, we'll catch up again soon. All right, man. Good luck on the rest of your season. All right, same to you. All right, man. You have a good one. All right. Bye. You too. Bye. Well, that was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. Get talk about bow hunting and public land and getting out west. I want to thank Mr. Andy for coming on and thank you all for listening. Y'all have a good evening.